Welcome to the Wanda Learn Podcast. I'm your host, Francis Tapon. In this episode, we tackle one of the most common excuses for why people don't travel. No, it's not money. No, it's not time. It's those dreaded evil creatures. Children. Yeah, those creatures that impede your ability to travel, that stop you from fulfilling your dreams because you sacrifice so much for them. Well, finally I met a couple, Tyler and Chantal Patton, who have defied that conventional wisdom. And they've taken not one, not two, but three daughters with them as they're traveling all over the planet with them. If they can do it, maybe you can too. That's right. Maybe you only have one or two. And they're doing it with three. How did they do it? What did they do right? What did they do wrong? What are some of the travel bargains? How do they afford to do it? How does this impact the child's development? We tackle all these issues in this quite interesting conversation that we have for 30 minutes in Dar es Salaam. We're in Dar es Salaam, the hot Dar es Salaam, and we're having, uh, we just had dinner, so now our brains can think. So Chantal, uh, go ahead and introduce yourselves, and I'm here with Tyler as well. They're a married couple with three children, at least that we know of. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I am Chantal, and... Hi, I'm Tyler. And we are Growing Up Without Borders is our name for YouTube and Instagram. We have three beautiful little girls, Julia, who is 14, Angelique, who is 12 currently, and Chloe, who is 9. Give me the rough overview of what you guys have done. It's really amazing how much you've traveled since 2013. Tyler, do you want to give me the quick rundown of that? Sure. So back in 2013, in the month of April, We set off on a five-week holiday from America, where we were living in Orlando, to visit the countries of Spain, France, and Switzerland, just for a little European holiday. But five weeks later, we decided to extend our stay for three months, and then from that point, we just decided never to go back. So five years later, we've been to 82 countries so far, and we're about halfway through going to every country in the world, which is what our goal is right now. That's absolutely amazing. It's incredible. And, you know, the, I think, you know, of course, other people have been to 82 countries, but not with three kids. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. I haven't met any yet. I would love to meet up with more families doing the same thing. Um, but, yeah, it is pretty, pretty wild. So uh, it is kids is the number one excuse people have, I think, for why they cannot travel They or they argue that they cannot travel. Now, one big secret to your success is that you've decided to homeschool your kids but so first of all let's talk about how you guys pull it off obviously homeschooling is one part of the equation but the second part uh there might be some other issues so um is it possible to do it without homeschooling for example well uh, when we first started doing this we would just take them out of school for laps of two months and then we would sometimes extend it to four months so we would just kind of do uh, leave of school or however you call that extended holidays work contracts we would go leave on a work contract and kind of get away with uh, getting them out of school and getting permission from directors and such but the more uh, we wanted flexibility and the more pressure we had from the schools we were kind of forced into homeschooling which is interesting because it kind of fits our our lifestyle and our goals for having a mobile free lifestyle from kind of being location independent. So, so 2013 you started traveling when did you, the f- homeschooling uh, have to basically be forced onto you? This is year two of homeschooling so this we're a year and a half in on homeschooling. Okay, so basically 
2013, so maybe around 2015, 16 or so, that's when it happened. Exactly, yeah. So previously we would just take them out and then put them back in. But we had to like literally uh, leave the country, like de-inscribe them or whatever you would call that from school and reinstate them back into the school system to be able to have it uh, doable. And where we live and where we're registered is in a canton and in a country that allows homeschooling. So it's given us the flexibility to, to travel and keep going. In Switzerland. It's in Switzerland, correct. Okay, and so, by the way, to those who are hearing some ambient noise out there, cars or whatever, we're in an outdoor restaurant here in Dar Salaam, and it's 9 o'clock at night. Okay, so tell me a little bit about your lessons learned about as far as, like, what are some of the 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 things that you did right, things that you did wrong. So one of the key things that's different is we go the opposite direction of where everybody else is going. So, for example, with school, one of the biggest challenges was everybody was taking school holidays at the same time. So in the month of, say, December, everybody was off for Christmas. In February, everybody's off for one week. And we quickly learned that everybody in Switzerland was doing the same thing as us. They were all going to Italy or all going to France. So that meant big traffic jams on the highway and lots of you know people trying to compete for the same hotels. When we shifted everything by one week or sometimes even just two days later, everything was available. So whether it was a hotel or a flight, you know, everything opened up because we were going in the opposite direction of everybody else. And we just keep doing that. And ever since we've done that, there's really little competition for everything when you're... A a brilliant example of what you guys are doing is that you're thinking, in fact, of buying a house in Spain and then renting it out in the summer to kind of like take advantage of this... uh, opportunity of going against the tide exactly that's exactly right everybody else in the world is going to spain in the summer months whereas we are in switzerland in those summer months so we could rent it out and effectively cover the cost of the house all year round so how do uh, how do you pull this off uh, the big other question is you know, like the financial issues like how do you do it kids is, is so expensive um actually tyler you were telling me about the amazing amazing airfare bargains you get Give me a couple examples and then tell us the secrets behind it. Sure. So one of the most amazing examples was when we were going to Brazil. We were looking for a flight from Europe and I found a deal with Air Morocco out of Morocco that allowed us to fly from Milan in Italy to Casablanca, have a 16-hour layover, which at first we thought, you know, that's not possible. But what they do with Air Morocco is they put you up in a hotel with like a five-star hotel set up, two rooms for our family. A nice dinner with a beautiful dessert and everything. And then again in the morning, a nice breakfast. The shuttle service from the airport to the hotel and back. And then the flight that carried on from Casablanca to San Paulo. On that flight, we had all the luggage that we needed. We had all the movies. We had all the meals. Everything was inclusive. And we paid 1,000 euros for five people. So 200 basically for each person. Okay, so I'm going to just interject. Tyler is like the guru at finding deals and flights. And he spends time doing it and he finds all the different combinations and he has a whole kind of mathematical if you will scientific equation to finding them but it allows us to get traveling at great prices and off dates and maybe you want to share a little bit how you do that well even for this trip here coming here to central well eastern africa rather at this point center of of africa because we were considering going to johannesburg at first right at the south we realized that there was a flight option from Brussels, Belgium to Zanzibar for 150 for each of us, which meant for 750, all five of us flew from Europe here to the middle of Africa. And then at this point, we can carry on further south to Johannesburg. Did you want to share how you research flights in case anybody wants to know that? Sure. So one of the secrets, first of all, is not looking for a return flight. 
a lot of times people are always wondering how to get back home. Our first goal is just to get there because we can always find another way back. And if you look for a return loop, you're boxing yourself in to the same airline company or to the same you know, time schedule. We realized that actually when we first came, because when we flew for the five-week holiday and we extended for three months, we suddenly had to extend these tickets that we had, which cost more than if it would have been bought separately. Like we could have bought a one-way ticket back later. So in this case of Africa, we bought just a one-way ticket here. And then on our way back, we'll find another deal similar to what we found on the way there. That's so counterintuitive because a lot of people um, back in the day, like 10 years ago or so, uh, I remember one-way tickets were like so expensive that they almost were the, the same price as a round trip. And nowadays, it sounds like it's, it's really gone the opposite way, where now two one-ways is cheaper than a round trip. Absolutely, yeah. There's so many deals. So from Europe, you can go to America, you can go to Asia, now even to Africa, any one of those options. And there's so many flexible options. Another secret, too, about flying is that within a country, it's sometimes cheaper to fly than going from one country to the next, especially here in Africa or in South America. See, in Europe, we're spoiled with easy jets and all those options where you can cross borders quickly. But here, it's cheaper to fly from, say, the north end of the country to the south end, than literally walk across the border with your suitcase in hand, then catch another flight from the north end of the country to the south end, than to try to fly from one country to the next. Give me an example of that when you did that in South America recently, I think. Sure. So an example was when we were going to Colombia. We took, in that case, actually, the flight to Quito. We took a little bus from Quito up to the northern border. Quito, Ecuador. Quito, Ecuador, rather, yep. Then from there, we crossed into Ipiales, Colombia, literally by foot. So imagine it's 9 o'clock at night. We have our kids with us. We have our suitcases in hand. We walk across the bridge, and then we're in Colombia. From there, we took a taxi to this town called Ipiales. And the next morning, we caught a flight to Medellin. So that was the option, because if we flew from Quito to Medellin, it would have been you know, more expensive than flying all the way back to Europe. And the great thing is that you can actually see a bit of the land. In other words, one of the downsides of flying is that you don't get to see, you skip over some things, but here by forcing yourself to go walk across a border, you get an experience for not just yourselves, but also for your three kids. Absolutely. And you, you learn a lot as you do it. You see the local culture, you see how the local people live, not just going from big city to big city. You know, when you're in the smaller towns, you get the real feel of the country. And um, it's always an experience. So, well, what are Tyler, what are your favorite uh, websites that you use for searching for flights? What are your, let's say, your two or three top ones that you like to go to? So everybody probably knows Skyscanner. The nice thing about that flight is you can have an open-ended search. You can say, I'm living in Switzerland or I'm living in Tanzania and I want to fly anywhere. And it will show you all the different places that you can go. So that's number one. Sorry, I thought that Google also does that with Google Flights or am I wrong? Yeah, Google Flights has an option too that you can do something like that and it gives you some different options. But Skyscanner, I use just as a general search and then I get more specific after that by going to the direct airlines websites. I find that Skyscanner, obviously, or any other these sites, they have a commission that's built into their site, so it's cheaper to go, say, to the Air Morocco website to do the final transaction or to, you know, the actual airline that you want to fly with. And don't you sometimes look at the city you want to go to and look at the airport and see which airline fly into that airport, and then he goes kind of backwards, does a backwards search. Exactly. So yeah. he'll say, okay, I want to go to that country. He looks at all the big city airports and then sees all the airline flights that come into those airports and then pieces it together like a puzzle. Okay, where does that flight come from? And then yeah. so he kind of backwards 
searches it sometimes too. And a lot of times there's always going to be a stopover in certain like big airline flights. Like if you're going with a big carrier like um, American Airlines or one of these like Lufthansa or something from Europe. So what I find is if you forget about all of that, you're still going to have to stop maybe if you do one of these flights where you go to say New York if you're trying to get to Florida and then catch another airline from New York down to Florida. So either way, you're going to have to switch. So what I look at overall is how to get from Europe to America or how to get from Europe to Africa. And then once you're there, then find another way to just connect to the place you want to go. So even here, if we were going to Johannesburg directly, it's still cheaper to fly to Zanzibar, take a ferry over to Dar es Salaam, then catch a flight with FastJet, you know, for example, down to Johannesburg, than it is to take a direct flight from Europe. And that may seem confusing to people because you have to make two or three stops. But the reality is, with a big airline, sometimes you have to do that anyways. So, and this way you can actually enjoy the stops along the way. Especially, you know, if you have more time, you know, you can go to Zanzibar. I think that's the big key thing is time, right? When you have the time freedom, I, a lot of people who are traveling and they have just three weeks, four weeks to, to go for the year, it might not be the best option. But if you have time and you're, you're traveling is what you're doing, then yeah. So I also have that problem constantly. Like I hate when I go into websites and they tell me what's the date that you're going to be traveling, where you're going to go. Oftentimes I'm like, I want to go anytime in the next three months, and I don't even know where I want to go. <laughs> so I'm completely open-ended, and so I don't even know where to start. You know, because then they they pigeon you down, and you have no idea that if you just change your date by three days, and suddenly the price goes in half, exactly. or if you had just gone to this other airport, everything changes. So so you're saying Skyscanner and Google Flights are the two best, or is there any other place that's kind of like widely open, open-ended open that you would think about? Well, I guess what I've done, though, too, is I've built my own matrix. Like, literally, I have all the different like countries of the world all organized by all the different flight companies. I have this whole system that I use, so that obviously that, that helps out a lot. You built it yourself? Yeah, it's something that I have that I use that I can pick a country and then... How many thousands of dollars do we have to pay to get access to that? I don't know. <laughs> That's a good question. You might make more than all your YouTube videos combined by selling that information. That's true, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people would like to know, yeah. Um, but no, that's great. So you've just been doing this for years and years. Absolutely, yeah. So for me, I just think of countries and I think of airlines and I think of airlines that people have never heard of and that really helps out a lot as well. Right, because the big search engines, uh, airline search engines, only capture the big ones well, yeah like skyscanner doesn't include all of these little carriers sometimes here in africa for sure so you may be flying with an airline like FastJet, and it may or may not be in skyscanner so you need to be aware of that yeah how do you find these little airlines i usually work backwards like shanta was saying so i would start with the airports and then i can find it from the airport itself which airlines fly into that airport so in the case of Zanz, sorry, but how do you find the airports? Like, like, like if I want to go SFO, for example, San Francisco Airport, yeah. uh, what do I do? What do I? I just search. For, how do I find out what flights are coming in and out of there? So what you do is go to the actual airport website for San Francisco Airport, and then within there they'll have all the different airlines that they work with. So in the case of Zanzibar Airport, you just search that, and then you can find, and then you work backwards from to find airlines that you may not have heard of before. Yeah. Oof, that's uh, very revealing and uh, eye-opening, and it's amazing how much you've been able to travel just using these techniques. Absolutely. It's one of the keys to being able to go to so many different countries. You know, if, if you had to pay full retail prices for all these different airline flights, it'd become very expensive to go to every country, for sure. Hence, what? hence why people may think we are multimillionaires, and we are not. 
You're multi-billionaires. <laughs> okay, so uh, tell us a little, any other uh, tips, let's say, about lodging, for example. What, what kind of tips that you have there? Wow. Okay, so we've stayed in everything from hotels to Airbnbs to little campsites to um, trading RCI points. Do you travel with camping gear? Never. Okay. Never. We do have a really cool packing list. We travel super light, usually one little suitcase each and a backpack. And... Um, whether it's two months or four months, that's usually how we go. And, um, but we still haven't figured out the perfect packing solution. No, we need to find a solution, almost like a closet on wheels with all these compartments where you can put everything. Because it's challenging sometimes living out of a suitcase to know where everything is. So, so back to accommodations, we, we just stay in all different kinds of, uh, but we're not as um, adventurous to camp yet. That's your like, next step. I can help you there. Full camping, I'm not sure. <laughs> Um, but definitely, I mean, the the one thing nice about it, but I think it also helps when you have a car. Absolutely. That makes sense. Or a boat would be nice too. You know. Yeah. I mean, a car for me is like having a massive closet. That's the best. If you could go by car, that's, or, or camper. I mean, that would be great too. We've never done that, but that would be a great way to cross a continent, let's say. So Tyler, there's no arbitrage opportunities in the hotel or the lodging field? Yeah, to find the best deals for those as well. Yeah, there's a lot of deals, but it, it all depends on guess on where you're trying to go as well. So like Chantal was saying, we start with the obvious hotels.com and Airbnb, but then we branch off from there because not all these places are also on these search indexes as well. So that's requiring a bit of time, but we don't worry about the accommodations as much. We usually worry about the flights because that's the big deal. Once you get to a place, there's always an option to find some place. And we always negotiate, which helps. Which sounds funny to do, but we do that with every place we go. And most people, because you're booking sometimes last minute, they're always willing to give you a good deal, which is nice. You know, right now your kids are how old and, and, and what kind of advice would you have as a good time to, for them to, to go with you? Well, we waited for Chloe to be, you know, fully out of diapers, able to kind of go to the bathroom on her own, no accidents, um, just because it's easier. But I know people who have done it with little kids, so they were five, nine sorry five seven nine when we started now they are uh nine twelve and fourteen and um but it shouldn't stop you from going or or doing any kind of traveling because they just kind of go along with the flow and they actually help slow you down a little bit which is sometimes nice um takes you know gives you the time to take it all in and really enjoy what is the biggest mistake or mistakes that you've made that if you had to do it all over again, you would do differently? I would slow it down, poly poly, like they say here, slowly, slowly. Um, because we are both, I don't know if you call us type A personalities, but we're both a little bit high strung or whatever they call that. So we tend to go a little bit too much, which exhausts you after a while when you're constantly moving. So I would. Uh, the biggest mistake we've made is just to not take time to just fully relax as we go and just slow it down a little bit. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would say that taking the kids out of school and homeschooling them changed everything as well. Because before we were trying to box ourselves into the school holidays. So we had this kind of sense that if we want to go to every country in the world and we have to work within the parameter of a school, you know, we had to basically maximize those two months holidays and type, those type of things. Whereas now, there is no more box, so we can take our time, which is why we're here now in Africa probably for two months, just to basically take it easy. 
and you say probably for two months yeah it was supposed to be four weeks so all of a sudden now this two months is coming out of his mouth because <laughs> yesterday he said oh probably about six weeks so <laughs> tomorrow will be three months uh, no 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 <laughs> um, and so what's your trip after Africa our goal is to be actually in Florida because we have Disney passes that I have to use up and they have a deadline to use so I have to um, we have to go how did you get these Disney passes and or why can't you give me some uh, actually, they're non-transferable because I, I lost out on last year. So we do sometimes work um, in exchange for our work. We get paid in different things like Disney tickets or sometimes we, we do, we suggest to companies, well, instead of paying us, just give us whatever. And so this was a company that offers Disney passes. So Now you have a relatively new YouTube channel that was started in 2017. And I wanted to give you a sense of, uh, give, give people an idea of what, can they see if they subscribe to that what what is your focus so they're going to be able to see every city we go to we are filming all the past cities we've done we are going to be filming and talking a little bit about our experience there the girls are um, kind of like spotlighted and and talk a lot in the videos and we give a little bit of a history and and a real tour of what it really is so not just like what the tourists do but like the authentic where do the locals go um, of every area what Tyler do you think is the the financially kind of like the source of income because you've got going forward you've got this YouTube channel which could really take off if all goes well um, but you also have the the property that you could rent out if you wanted to you know like you mentioned the Spanish property that you're thinking about um, what kind of what do you think works best the biggest bang for your buck if you will well, it's a good question. See, when we left Canada, which is where our main business is, and moved to Europe, there was a six-hour time difference. And one of the biggest challenges we had was that everybody in North America time was sleeping, you know, obviously, when we were awake in Europe. So the challenge became working all these different hours, especially with the kids being in school. So as we moved into Switzerland, we tried to build up our business there to be closer to home. And it's happening, but it takes a lot longer because the European, especially Swiss market, is slower to change. That being said, our YouTube channel and the ideas of property rentals come across international boundaries, which means we can open up ourselves to any time zone of the world. And that's essentially where we're heading, to not box ourselves into the Canadian time zone or the Swiss time zone or you know, the, the demands that those require. What is the smartest thing or the most thing that you're most proud of? Obviously, your flights have got to be one of them. But as far as things that you really did really well, I think, in, in, in bringing, traveling with children, uh, what do you think that you excel at and you, you really think that uh I would say just being able to juggle it all because it's something that I don't think everybody could pull off being able to manage our business we have a big team of people that we manage as well tell us a little bit about the business so we run an internet marketing company. We do a lot of web development for all types of um, companies, whether it's hospital websites, hotel websites, spas, like everything. What's the name of it? TCP Global Solutions. And so we manage a team. We manage a lot of clients. Um, and then, of course, now homeschooling. And then just travel. That travel in itself is a job, in, in a sense, because you have to do a lot of research. And, and everywhere you go, everything's always changing. So. A lot of people, you know, they take the same road back and forth to work every day, every day. They eat the same restaurant. They do the same thing over and over again. And it doesn't really stimulate or, like, uh, increase your brain power, if you will. But when you're doing this, it takes a lot of brain power and mental power and, and energy to manage it all and juggle all those plates, if you will, all at the same time. So 
I would say that's one thing that I'm proud of that we can pull it off without, you know, going loopy loopy. <laughs> and I was going to say too, with the kids, they have no fear about traveling far distances. And you know, we, if we get into a car ride where we're driving from Spain to Switzerland, say for 18 hours, it doesn't phase them. You know, a lot of kids may not have that attention span to sit there for that long. What other things have helped, let's say, the mental development of your children? Um, I imagine that they've fired off neurons that nobody else fires off at their age group because they've just been so stimulated in so many different ways. I imagine linguistically, culturally, what do you think, uh, how have have your children, because I imagine some of the people that you grew up with and then, you know, that they were their friends in high school or sorry, in middle school, let's say, and now you come back and see them. Do your kids come and they look like from another planet uh, that they've changed so much more than the, the kids that they left behind their peer group? Is their peer group totally different than them or do they do they look the same and act the same? All right. Well, in the case of Canada, I would say probably it's going to be much different because culturally they've seen so much. In the case of the Swiss kids, that's one of the countries that is... Um, a lot of people have a lot of vacation time and they're wealthy. So the Swiss kids travel extensively. So once we went to Chloe's kindergarten class or grade one, whatever it was, and she did a uh, kind of like a show and tell of her trip to Thailand. And all the other kids were like, when I was in Morocco, when I was in Thailand, when I was in Kosovo, and they were like talking about all their trips. And I was like, oh my gosh, all these kids are so little and they've all been around the world already. So it was eye opening for me because it's different culturally there. But when you take any child in America that they went to in school with uh, in Florida or any of the, the kids back in Canada, absolutely, they, they are culturally open to everything they've seen so many things they've learned now to they're completely bilingual in french and english and they're um almost trilingual i guess you could say they understand quite a bit of spanish so it's, it's pretty phenomenal and now swahili <laughs> well that's that's why we called our website and our, our business for this growing up without borders because our children are literally growing up to the point where they don't even think they're traveling sometimes for example in europe Recently, our daughter Julia said, we haven't traveled in a while. And we're like, but we were just in seven different countries. Like we were in Portugal and Spain and Italy and Germany, France and such. She says, but that doesn't count. I mean, we're still in the same continent. We need to go somewhere like Africa, you know, to count as a trip, right? So where have you been in Africa so far? Well, so far, Morocco and here in Tanzania and the island is Zanzibar. And so, and and what did you, what was your experience in Morocco? Um... Well, I wouldn't say it was the full experience because it was one of those just twice where we just did the day trips, but it, it's much different than here. The culture is different. The people are different. Um, but I mean, I guess we went to Casablanca too, right? So, um, but I mean, I want to experience the real Moroccan thing where you can go on the camels, sleep in the tents. And like, I want to have a, an authentic Marrakesh experience to say I've been to Morocco, even though we've been. But you can do that also in many other countries in North Africa. In other words, you could, they have the, in, to go to Tunisia, when you go to Algeria, they'll have those same options there too. Right. So there, we can look forward to that. Right. So, and, and so what is your final words of wisdom, I guess, uh, to these, uh, go ahead jump (laughs) jump absolutely you have to jump to basically know what's going to be there below never wait for everything to be perfect because it never ever will be you just have to go and and just go and everything will kind of line up and it'll just flow it'll just happen for you i think they say if you want to walk on water you got to get out of the boat right it's the same thing (laughs) just do it just do it like nike just do it (laughs) 
Okay, well, it's been a great pleasure uh, having you guys uh, here on the Wander Learn podcast, and I wish you the best on your trip. Uh, just give people an idea of by the time this thing will air, maybe you'll already be done with the thing, but your itinerary is? Our itinerary here is to go from Tanzania to Malawi, then from Malawi across Zambia to the Victoria Waterfalls, cross over to Zimbabwe, then from there head down towards Johannesburg and see the areas of Maputo and Mozambique, the countries of Swaziland and Lesotho, then work our way towards Cape Town, and then finish with Namibia and Botswana, like back towards Johannesburg. So doing a circle there, and then we probably will fly back to Europe to then go back to America. So that sounds amazing. Okay, I have one last question for you, and that's about homeschooling. You know, kind of uh, your your lessons learned from that. So far, you're still learning, I imagine, because you're, you've only been into it for about two years, and I'm sure. But uh, what's kind of your your takeaways, lessons learned, mistakes, things that you could have done better, or what would you advise people who are thinking about homeschooling their kids and traveling like you? All right. So one of the things I would say is to delegate as much as you can. And I know that sounds contradicting when you're the one homeschooling, but when you have a lot on your plate, uh, we have Skype teachers that help us out. And so in the morning when we're on a full internet schedule, they just log on on Skype and so they have help. And so it's not on, on my shoulders as a mom to do all the work and, and everything. And then we've chosen a curriculum that does a lot of auto grading. So I'm not having to do a lot of correcting and such. So I think just like setting it up for whatever works best for you. And then the next thing I would say is like, don't try to have too much pressure because you can have a lot of pressure like am I doing it right is it okay are they learning but when you're world schooling they're learning just by being in different countries they already have all the geography down and all these things so I've learned to kind of let it go and just relax into it versus um, being stressed in the beginning like oh my gosh this is too much responsibility for me absolutely just let it go and like learning how to relax like we said along the way there's a lot of countries in the world to visit but there's also more time than we think that we have. So we need to spread it out a little bit more. Thank you, Tyler, for your time. I really appreciate it. And, you know, you guys have been, uh, it's just been a great honor to meet you guys here in Tanzania. It's, 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 it's a coincidence. It's, it's been an honor to meet you. Tyler uh, found Francis, what, in 2013 on Facebook. And he's like, look at this guy's going to do all the African countries. I'm like, oh boy, this is going to be interesting, right? And so to now meet you after you've done them all is amazing. It's a pleasure to meet you. Thank you, Chantal. Okay, guys, safe trip. Thank you. Thank you. And that concludes this episode of the Wander Learn podcast, where we explore travel technology and transformation. If you'd like to see the show notes with links to what we talked about, or if you'd like to comment on the show, or if you'd like to ask me a question, then go to wanderlearn.com and click on the latest episode. If you'd like to connect with me, just remember F Tapon. That's my first initial and my last name. F Tapon is the username I use on all social media. You can also get to my website by going to ftapon.com. Here's one last reason to remember ftapon. If you like what I do and want to get rewarded for supporting my projects, then go to patreon.com slash, yep, you guessed it, ftapon. That's where you can pick up some sweet rewards for as little as $1 a month. And remember, subscribing to the WanderLearn podcast helps, but downloading each episode helps even more. Please share the podcast, review it, and sign up for my newsletter at wanderlearn.com. This show was edited by Rejoice Tapon. The music was composed by Eric Stratman. This is Francis Tapon, encouraging you to wander and learn. <laughs>